Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned. I'm your host, Gina Meyer Vincent. Here we help you to leave the one size fits all life behind and step into your one of a kind life where you live life on your own terms, making your even bigger impacts. And essentially, you become exactly what is missing in the world today. Today, I have with me someone who has done exactly that. Today, I'm introducing you to Kavita Sahai, is a recovering workaholic from the world of finance turned medicine woman. I love that on so many levels. Welcome, Kavita. I'm excited to have you with me today. I'm so excited to be here. So Kavita, a workaholic, I can um, raise my hand and say, yes, been there, done that. Sometimes it happens again. (laughs) Turned medicine woman. Let's talk about that a little bit. And then I know we're going to jump into um, the art of conversation because that's something we both share. But tell me, um, what did that look like and feel like for you? And I think we said from the world of finance. Yeah. So I um, I started my career. You know, it's funny. I actually I was related to all these doctors. And so growing up, everyone sort of that was just the path being Indian. And I saw Pretty Woman and I thought, oh, I want to do that. Not Julia <laughs> Roberts, but Richard Gere. I was like, whatever he does looks <laughs> really cool. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but at that time, without Google, I didn't know what it was. So, you know, After some digging, it turns out what he does was some form of private equity. So I went into mergers and acquisitions and then into private equity. But as all things that look glamorous on TV in real life, uh, what that meant was my toothbrush, my pajamas, everything was at work. I worked over 100 hours a week. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I made a lot of money, but had no time to spend it. (laughs) Right. I think that's an important thing that some people don't understand. Money is lovely. For me, it's energy. It's an exchange. You get to use it for other things. But if you're making a lot of money and it's sitting in the bank and you're exhausted with your toothbrush, like you said, at at your desk, you know, that's not fun. It's no No. way to live. Yeah. No, no. And and I think while I seemed successful, I didn't feel successful. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was that Mm -hmm. worldview of like, well, yes, of course you are. You have an office and a, you know, a a secretary and. But inside, I was completely falling apart. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was I was a great, you know, um, it was a great thing to talk about at parties, but not something that actually felt not that I could go to any parties anyway. But (laughs) right. If you got if you (laughs) I'm sure you got the invitations. It's just you couldn't attend. Right. And I think that's important to talk about because um, oftentimes people think that in this one size fits all life that we need to check the boxes, right? Okay, beautiful view, has her own office, has her own business, and money in the bank, a beautiful whatever, car, house, this, that. But if we're not feeling fulfilled, then really, what is it all about? I mean, I always say walk down the hall of the ICU and peer into the open doors, and just get a feeling for what really is important. When you see uh, either someone laying in bed alone with no family around them or, uh, you know, tons of family around them, everyone, you know, holding hands and in prayer or in tears or whatever the situation, you know, you realize that all those things that you checked off the boxes don't really matter. And right. so, um so I how old is yeah. this world from achieving, right? Like you're always trying to get the next checkbox, the next promotion, the next right. brand school, the next thing. Um, but you, but nothing actually satisfies you. It's just this chase of you don't know what. So finally I hit a wall. Um, I just had post-it notes everywhere. My brain fog was incredible. <laughs> I just couldn't remember, you know, how old I was. <laughs> Probably yeah. less. Sleep, right? Yeah. Um, and I, from, you know, years of just drinking coffee and eating out, I had probably completely ruined my gut. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. any supplement or any type of diet change, it really wasn't working because, you know, as you think of the leaky bucket, everything I was eating that was good <laughs> was just kind of flowing right through, right? There was just nothing. Yeah. So I came across, um, I, at the time I was doing consumer product turnarounds, and I came across a, um, a lovely woman who was a botanist who had an aromatherapy company. And 
I was just fascinated because all I knew of essential oils was sort of the MLMs. And so I had them because mm -hmm. I bought them from right. a friend, bought them from a friend and um, didn't, wasn't using them right. As I turned out, I was just putting it directly on my skin, which is terrible. And, um, but she had sort of pre-formulated them as sort of like nature's medicine cabinet. And so they worked and they worked because essential oils are the back door into your system that bypass the gut. So it's the only mm -hmm. thing that's going to bypass sort of bad gut health. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I started feeling better, I was like, oh, what is this witch oil? And so I, you know, I left that world of finance, you know, and consulting kind of behind and then went in and helped her grow that company and then ended up uh, you know, we ended up selling and then I ended up deciding to do it full time. And during that time, I, I completely dove in. So I got certified in aromatherapy, Ayurveda, yoga, like yeah. I just went full, you know, I say medicine, it's really like plant lady, right? I was like, even from a skincare standpoint, I was like, wow, we really need oils for our skin. That's what our skin mm -hmm. is made up of. And that's really what for generations people have used. And so yeah. it just became an oil became an obsession. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. And so what age were you or you don't have to tell us your age or how long ago, either one, was it when you realized, you know, like, this is not for me, this is more fulfilling, I'm going down this path? Yeah, so it was about 14 years ago. Yeah, lovely, lovely. So was that before you were married and with kids? No, no, I was I was married. Um, I was actually married quite young. I was married at 23. But um, it was when I was pregnant. So mm -hmm. with my firstborn. Yeah. No, it's always fun to see like what, where are we at when these things hit and, and finally make sense. And um, yeah. I mean, so many things we can talk about when you had spoken about that uh, growing up in an Indian family surrounded by MDs, right. And that, that was the, the natural path, path per se, um, you know, it's hard, I think, for people to break out, break free, do something different like you did. You did try something different now again. Um, so did you find your family supporting you at the first time when you were going after Richard Gere's career and then now after your own career? <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was really funny. When I, when I told my parents I was going into banking, they were like, so we give you our deposit slips? I was like, no, I take large companies and put them together. For them. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being a teller, but no, this is like a big deal. It's like really cool that I broke in. I'm the only woman and the only minority in the whole room. But, um, I, you know, they, my parents have always been supportive and I think they would have been supportive no matter what I did. Um, the, all the expectation and pressure was really self-imposed when you're right. When your whole tribe is very high achieving. Correct. You, you obviously feel that pressure, but I, it wasn't yeah. something where my parents were not the traditional ones that were like, you have to do medicine. Although I did have an aunt tell me, why don't you be a doctor first and then go do whatever this other thing is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've heard that before. Not, not me personally, but from other people like, well, just go get that degree and then you can do whatever you want. It's like, right. oh my gosh, what a waste of energy, time, right. money, all your resources, brain power. But yes, that's how some people think. Um, well, it's a you safety, know, right? They're just, it's correct. they're, they're afraid that if you fail, what will happen? And I think, yes, I, for me, it was, it was more that I just got to such a breaking point that I was more yeah. scared of what would happen if I stayed. Right. And I think, I think people don't realize that till it gets to that point. What if I stay here? I mean, I was a department store buyer. I went to school for that, for fashion. And I loved, I loved everything I did, but the, you know, the, the environment was so toxic. I mean, just incredible. It was palpable when one of my resources would arrive, they'd be like, it's a bad day in the office. We can just feel it, you know, what's going down now. And it was this roller coaster. And um, no matter where you came, you know, with your energy in the morning, by the time you left, you were deflated, exhausted, uh, you know, and it wasn't healthy. And I was young and I knew I had to get out of there. It's it was it was time. And, uh, you know, my dad said, you can flip burgers at McDonald's. And I was like, you know, <laughs> but is this, 
between. <laughs> right. Is this what it's come to? But, you know, the reality is I could have. If I needed to, I could have flipped burgers at McDonald's just to get away from that. Even though I owned a, I owned a condo, I had two pets waiting for me. I lived by myself. You know, I had a car. I had all the, you know, all the things that uh, needed an income, a decent income, not flipping burgers income, um, you know, at the lowest level at McDonald's. But um, it was so true. And I was glad he said that and understood, like, just get out of there. You you don't look like yourself anymore. You, you know, that kind of, the, you know, we lose our glow. We lose why we're here. And I think that's that's so important. So, and I love anything alternative medicine. I am married to a doctor, so I do support him and what he does. And all I am of too, his, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and all of his education and so yeah. forth um, and how he's able to help people. But I you typically, personally, always go the first route alternative. Um, coming like you from a yoga background, uh, nearly two decades or if not more teaching yoga and um, loving acupuncture and, and anything that is uh, beyond picking up a prescription somewhere. Right. Then I'm, I'm raising my hand. So what was the biggest change there when you started it? Well, had you prior to meet, meeting the botanist who was doing the, um, the oils, had you explored um, Ayurveda? I mean, coming from an Indian background, you know, not going to assume, but for those who don't know, Ayurvedic comes from India. It is phenomenal uh, beyond belief. Um, and it's something we study when we're in yoga teacher training. And it's something so, it's been around for centuries, right? It, longer than our prescription drugs. And it's a great way of understanding each body as being unique and then treating it with remedies that are unique to it, not your son, your daughter, your husband, or your next door neighbor, um, instead of a prescription that everybody receives. So had you had background in that before or exposure or anything? Yeah. So both with yoga and Ayurveda, you know, because they're the sister sciences from India, my parents it was sort of, there were certain practices that are just a part of our life that I didn't identify as, oh, that's from Ayurveda or that's a yogic practice. No, that was just part of what we did. But mm -hmm. as any, you know, teenager growing up first gen in the United States, I was like, oh, everything you do is not as crazy and <laughs> some Tylenol. And, um, be, before this, I would say it was really quite the opposite. I really bought into taking medication for anything. Um, I never looked for alternative methods, I really just didn't know that that was, right. I didn't know about organic, to be quite honest, like we're talking 15 some years ago, it just, I heard about it, but I was like, I didn't understand the big deal. I didn't understand how much of our body mind connection matters, how much about the energy of what we put on our body matters. And it was such a revelation that left me feeling, you know, it really helped to understand why I sort of went from being this incredibly vibrant person to this exhausted, brain fogged out person and at a young age yeah 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 young really to be to be that way so you know it's kind of like you come back which people always tell parents that their kids will and i was like <laughs> Dad, you're genius we should do this like we should drink warm lemon water you're right <laughs> Tongue scraping. why did i tell you i wouldn't do it i'll do it <laughs> right <laughs> It's so it's it's so funny and being a parent. Yes, there are moments where I'm waiting for that day where I open the door and they come back and go, yeah, that, you know, it really works, you know. Um, but you were fortunate in the sense that you were your parents knew these things where I think here in America, oftentimes people don't. And it's funny you bring up organic, you know, People say to me, but it's too expensive. Okay. Do you want to pay now or do you want to pay later? You know, there is, there is a price. And I think it all bottom uh, boils down to what do you value? 
Correct. And, you know, I find that people spend their money in what they value. I do not drink coffee. I do not value Starbucks coffee. It's, you know, I drink tea and I have my favorite teas here at the house. I will drink a tea at Starbucks if I'm away and I don't have my, you know, where somewhere where I don't have tea accessible to me. But, you know, that's not where I spend my money because it's not something I value. But I do, like you, value healthy foods, uh, beautiful foods, tasty foods, and um, all things alternative. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I should take that back because not well, I'm not talking about like smoking right. pot or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be many different things. But, yeah, that could be yeah, twisted. I have to... when, even with the oils, it's it's all organic. And I think, you know, it's not only when you say it's expensive, like, of course, organic is better for you for, for many different reasons, but also it's this vote towards the planet, right? It's this, yes. I always say women, as women, we control most political decisions. It doesn't seem like that because everyone in the White House might be a white male, but really we control how policy is created by how we purchase because women mm, purchase right. most everything. If we only bought organic, guess what the policy would be with farming? Yeah. You know, and if we only bought things made in the U.S., guess what the trade policies would be? Mm -hmm. So we really do have this ability to control policy just by our purchasing habits. And so absolutely, when you buy organic or you buy something from a woman-owned company or something made in the U.S., that's a vote that you're placing mm -hmm. to have policy that says, you know what, this is actually what we want. Yeah. And that's where the change starts happening. I mean, I think about... If you're eating three meals a day, let's say three regular meals versus five small meals, that's 21 times you get to vote a week. And then if you have a family of four, like I have, well, three are still in the house, you know, you multiply that. I mean, it it, it is that powerful in each powerful. decision, right? Having intention when we're shopping and thinking about how it affects us, our children, our families, and then trickling down um, generations later. I agree Even with that you. energy feeling, right? Like if you're eating a beautiful organic meal, you're like, okay, this is good for my body. It's good for the planet. Like karmically, it feels really good. You know, yes. the, whole, the whole energy of it feels really great. Yeah. Whereas maybe if not, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't make the best choice. And, you know, it, mm -hmm. it does sometimes, even if you're not thinking about it, I feel like the energy is quite not the same. Yes. It, for me, it's palpable. I'm energy sensitive. So definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel the difference. And I think most young children feel it. I think it's just as time goes on, um, you start, and I want to say it, it becomes numbing, right? The more junk we put in, the more numb we become. And then we lose touch of being what it feels like to be in our body. And I'm sure you've seen that on the yoga mat where, you know, uh, having the mic on with 30 some odd 40 people in the room and you can see how some people are within their body and some are not. And I'm not saying that when I started on the yoga mat, I was in my body. I was not, <laughs> I was not either. <laughs> but, Everybody else's mat. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why we're new friends, Kavita. That's why we're new friends. <laughs> so let's talk about conversations. Because I know when I met you a couple weeks ago, we, we have so many things in common. But um, conversations is one that I'm really passionate about. And of course, having a podcast uh, only makes sense for that reason. But I feel like the art of conversation is a lost art and it's, it's being lost faster and faster each and every day. We have cell phones where we feel connected in some ways. You know, I think back to when I was in college, you know, I called my parents once a week. I had to get coins. I was in Manhattan. They were on Long Island. I had a pay phone in the hallway. And so now we can track our son with Life360. Oh, I'm not going to call him. He's at the football game, you right. know, so I'll wait till later because I, I know he's busy right now. So we feel connected, but in the same sense... I know I wrote something you had said, uh, and I loved it. We've lost what's real. So let's talk about that because I, I agree with you, but I'd love to hear how you explain that. I think it's this false sense of connection just by seeing somebody's pictures on social media <laughs> or, 
you feel connected, like, oh, I saw their kids and I know about their life. And so I'm connected. But what's real is actually what's happening behind that, right? Behind mm -hmm. that photo. Was it really this beautiful moment? Or maybe there was some vulnerability there that I'm missing. Um, so we're really missing the real connection. And because mm -hmm. we feel like we're connected, we don't make the phone call. So it used to be, like I said, on my birthday, I would call, everyone would call me and I would, yeah. I would have this phone conversation. And, and there's something, again, energetically, when you speak to somebody on the phone or even more so, of course, in person, that happens. But now I'm just getting the text. <laughs> right. And, and that's fine. I understand because everyone's busy and it's like, OK, we just want to let you know we thought of you. And I appreciate that. But you're losing that real connection, the real opportunity to have the conversation of how is your birthday really going? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe they miss the fact that I'm like, oh, it was great till I spilled coffee on myself and <laughs> things. Right. But this is the stuff that makes us laugh, that makes us connect, that brings true closeness. Yeah. And that's what's lost. So instead, you're just seeing my highlight reel. <laughs> right. And you're like, great. She's great. That's it. Yeah. And it, it um, I mean, it's lovely to have all these social media outlets, but at the same time, it it becomes exactly how you say. And texting is something I'm not really fond of. Most people know I'll be picking up the phone or I'll say, can you talk? You know, and it's not like I'm falling apart. I'm at the ER. You need to come help me, you know, or I just rode in an ambulance and I need a ride home. It's more like I'd rather hear your voice. I'd rather, you know, I think one of the big things about texts and emails and all of this is we don't hear the intonation, right? There's the 73855 rule of 7% is, is exactly what we say, which is right, the text. <laughs> and then we're missing the 38, the tone of our voice. I mean, sometimes us energy sensitive people can get the tone even in a text. You're like, hmm, what is, where is that coming from? You know, but now it's just letters, right? It's like, T -I -G. Right. you're like, OK, I hope you're good. <laughs> exactly. And we're missing body language, you know, and and. It's so true, breaking things down to an acronym over text. I mean, there are times where I'm like, and what does that mean? And my husband will, or the kids will tell me, or sometimes it takes me a minute. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. But it, it's, I was in Marrakesh uh, on a retreat and I loved at three o'clock in our hotel every day, they served mint tea. And as a tea lover, I was in heaven. And of course, mint tea, when it's that hot, was even more phenomenal. And they brought out little tiny, uh, you know, Marrakesh-sized treats that were really sweet. I, you know, I thought American stuff was sweet, but this was really sweet. So now I know why they're they're, they're like almost the size of a sugar cube, probably right. two times the size and beautifully decorated. I mean, you almost don't want to eat them. But uh, every day at three o'clock, they serve tea in the main areas so that you would sit down and actually sip your tea and have a conversation with somebody next to you. And I every day looked forward to three o'clock. You know, it was just such a lovely lovely thing in, in the teaser. I mean, I, I had to come home with a, with a, from the YSL um, shop. Where am I? There's the camera. But uh, I had to come home with a, a strolling teapot from that trip, but they would lift it high up and lower it down. And it always was, you know, if you were at someone's home, it would be the oldest gentleman serving oh. the tea. And it was just such a lovely, lovely ceremony that, of course, I wanted to come back and, and do it in my house. And the rest of the family was like, yeah, OK, <laughs> I'm here. You're there. No, can't be home. But um, it just was amazing how people started to open up, be vulnerable, talk, you know, to a stranger, what I believe is a new best friend, you know, but what they may have seen as a stranger. And I think when we do that, we find out where we have so many things to connect upon. You know, like I said to you, we could talk about a million things and we've just met thanks to Mari Mitchell, but, um, you know, it's fun. So tell me for you conversations, uh, do you, 
do you have any tricks or like, I'll give you, for example, I like to buy things that are um, conversation starters. So I have a kimono that is made out of soda pop tops, oh. right? Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's, it's amazing. It makes a little noise when you walk, right? And everybody wants to touch it. And I knew they would. That's why I bought it. And it, besides the fact that it's silver and it's fun, and it, it has my name all over it, when we passed it in the window, my whole family is like, you're going to buy that, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah, let me go in and just try it on, you know? And they're like, you're going to buy it. We know it's you. <laughs> but, you know, I love buying things that are conversation starters because I think it gets people out of their comfort zone to come up and say, can I touch this? Or is that what I think it is? One man said, we walked into a restaurant and he said, I think she needs a, a sobriety check, you know, I, and I wasn't thinking about the fact that beer can come in a metal can. <laughs> I was like, soda can tops? And then my husband's like, beer, beer does come in cans, Gina. I was like, oh yeah, I don't drink beer, but okay, yes, I remember now, you know, so, but I, it took me a second. So I had to like catch up to him. Um, but do you have tricks or things that you like to do? Yeah. So I am actually a huge, huge believer in what I call random conversations. Yes. Uh, talking to strangers. And I'll, I'll even share a story of how these random conversations have completely changed Please. my life. Um, mm -hmm. But the way I do it is I usually, if I'm sitting next to someone, I'm, I just initiate like, hey, how's it going? Right. If we're on a plane, it's like, oh, what brings you to wherever? Yes. Is that Palmer? Is it not? So that's that's always an easy one or comment on something they're wearing, even if it's not a conversation starter, like, oh, right. I love whatever, where'd you get it? Or, and just invite that person in. And sometimes they're like here and then they're like, why is someone talking to me? <laughs> I know I've had that too, but uh, most I of the time- people randomly airdrop me stuff. I'm like, are you trying to start a conversation in this room somewhere, but over text? Like, <laughs> But I'll tell you two times when these random conversations completely transformed my life. So the first is, as you can imagine, um, the private equity world, that I wanted to break into is a very much Ivy League white male world. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of people who look like me there. So when I got my first interview call, I was psyched. And by the way, I applied to like 80 places and I think I got two calls. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, not easy. So I got there, I, I walked in and literally everyone looked like this, like exactly what you would think, like almost like a Calvin Klein model in the black suit, you know, <laughs> straight out of Harvard. And I remember I ran into the bathroom and I was like, oh, my God, I don't deserve to be here. Like, what do I think I'm doing? Like, I mm -hmm. definitely, you know, I, I look like I should be one of the secretaries like that. I just don't. And anyway, I got into the bathroom and yeah. there was a woman in there and she kind of looked upset. Um, but I again, it just it was my nature to just talk to people next to me. And I said, hey, I'm so nervous. I've got this interview. Not that she asked. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, um, you know, do you, do you have any advice? Like, I'm, 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 I'm like really jittery. And she, she's like, what would make you think that I would, you know, be somebody that you could get advice even from? And I was like, oh, well, and she was a little bit older lady. And I was like, you, you just look like you've got your stuff together. And, um, I was like, I could really use any words. I'm, I'm, you know, losing my, and she's like, I can just tell you're going to be amazing, which is exactly what I needed to hear. So, you know, I, I put my girl, big girl pants up and, you know, went through the interviews and, you know, it was like 20 interviews and, uh, you know, ended up getting the job, which was amazing. Well, fast forward a year when we do the recruiting process again, yeah. uh, I was in the boardroom and it came down to a tie and I was like, oh, it's a tie. How are we going to decide which candidate we're going to take? And they're like, oh, it's the same thing that happened with you. Uh, Susie, who's the woman I went in the bathroom, she decides. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you, Susie. <laughs> timing everything right always good to go to the restroom <laughs> I mean, but really it was just a random conversation right just right i was vulnerable i was real yes. and i connected with somebody just because they were there right yeah um similarly the only reason i found the botanist was there was an insurance woman who was trying to sell me insurance and I just appreciated her hustle. And I was like, you know what? This is a woman who I'm going to have coffee with because she is hustling. And I appreciate yeah. that. You know, I, I know that that and the whole intention of this meeting for coffee was for her. Right. I thought I was going to do her the favor. 
Yeah. Well, it turns out that she's the one who got me the client for the, she introduced <laughs> me the botanist and then was like, you should actually go and be their CEO. <laughs> so again, I was like, oh, this random conversation I'm having with some woman I don't know who's just trying to sell me insurance, but you just, you never know. So like have those right. real person connections. Yeah. And just being open. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I had this conversation with a client recently who um, is just a delightful, delightful person, but living somewhere that doesn't really align with who she is at the moment, you know? Yeah. And I was like, but find ways to have conversation. You'll find your friends, you'll find, you know, your clients, you'll find these things. Just, just being open, like you said, vulnerability. I think that's a huge thing. I think we don't realize that when we become vulnerable, hey, I'm really nervous. Hey, I'm whatever the situation may be, fill in the blank, that we give others the ability to be vulnerable as well, to be safe, to be heard. And I think a lot of people are yearn. I know a lot of people are yearning to be seen and heard and not as this Instagrammable life, but for who they really, who they truly are, right? You didn't want the MD after your, uh, after your beautiful name. You didn't need that, right? And so being able to, you know, come back to who we were born to be instead of following tradition or following what the family beliefs are or what that of our community is. Well, as a woman of 54, Gina, your hair should be blonde and long. I don't know. You know, I live in California. So I'm, you know, and I lived in Charlotte and I was one, you know, but the good thing was people could find me. My hair is dark. It stands up in a crowd. They can see me. Right. You know, I always said I made the best uh, chaperone for my kids field trips because all they had to do was look up and they would find me. So, um, but, you know, I think it's hard sometimes for people to know, well, where do I start? And I love the the random conversations. I never thought of it as titling it as that. But, yeah, I usually smile. And then, you know, I love teaching people that smiling is more contagious. I used to say than the flu. Now I can say COVID, even though that's a word I don't like using. But people get it, you know, just smiling at people may allow them to warm up and come say hello is somebody you never know what somebody's day is like uh, where they're at what they're what's on weighing heavy on their mind are they at a job where they have a toothbrush in their top drawer of their desk you know where they're just you know uh, using toothpicks to hold, keep their eyes open and um maybe that smile just makes their day um so vulnerability the other thing i wanted to uh mention is you were talking about your truths, right? That you said to her, your truth that, Hey, I'm a little nervous going into this. What, what advice? And, um, I think that's important. Why do we feel that we have to hide what is really on our heart at that moment? You know, I mean, if you, Yes, you should not speak if you're going to tear somebody down. I agree with that, right? Yoga teaches us when to speak and when to not speak because it's not appropriate. But if it's our truth and it's, you know, if it's how we feel, you know, I, I see it in marriages. I see it in businesses. I see it in friendships uh, with the w women and men that I work with. And it's like, no, you know, if you say it in a way that, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Right. You know. Yeah. And I always say, you know, never say it in the moment. Right. Give it a day or two. So that's right. And hopefully you won't come out yelling and, and super harsh. <laughs> um, and I said, look, everyone has a right to feel their feelings. So yeah, you can just approach it and say, I know you might not perceive the reality this way, but this is how I'm seeing it. And this is how I'm feeling. And then that person can decide whether they want to change or adjust or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. At least you had a chance to, you've given them the opportunity to change. Cause I think the other thing is because we don't communicate, we often just are like, oh, of course they should know that they're being annoying. And that was so <laughs> obvious. And I'm like, well, it might not be obvious to them. Why not state the obvious, be the master right. of this and give them the opportunity to make it better. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I know, 
you and I both also are firm believers in um, living our purpose. And I had written a note the other day when we spoke, you believe in purpose and being of service. So let's give a voice to that now. Yeah. So to me, I think my purpose was always to be sort of this voice to the voiceless. And I'm really into human design, which I think I mentioned. And so that's yeah. in my chart. Um, so for me, that's always looked as how can we give back into communities? How can we educate and, and be of service? And so that's where I've spent a lot of my time when it comes to donation, time or money. Um, and then as far as purpose goes, I really feel it's this belief of helping people come back to their true nature. Yes. With nature. Yeah. So I do that through oils and different spiritual practices that I share with our audience. But that to me at this point seems like that is my purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say it is because you glow from the inside. And I think that we are living our purpose and believe me, I do believe with human design, you know, as well, our purpose kind of shifts around age. I, uh, I want to say 44, but I think it's 42. Forgive me. don't know why I'm seeing 44. Maybe that's maybe I was a late bloomer. <laughs> but, you know, there are there are times when, you know, we're in different stages or different chapters in our life. And our purpose may be very different when I was um taking care of Mark and advocating for his health while he lay fighting for his life. You know, that was a very different time for me. I couldn't have a business. I couldn't have uh, a podcast. I couldn't be blogging and uh, have a television show and working with clients one-on-one. -on -one. There was just no time. And so, you know, I think it's important to also say, everyone's purpose is different and you can step into it however big or small you wish, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be owning your own company and, and um, touching the lives the way you do. I know I've had people years ago say to me, you need to do webinars and you need to do group events. And, and I kept saying, that's not how I work. My work is on a soul level. I did group yoga classes years ago, group bar, paddleboard yoga, paddleboarding, etc., And it was delightful, but that's not where I am now. I like one-on-one -on -one soul level work and really getting deep and making an impact in someone's life. Who's then going to be a change maker like you and get out there and do things in a huge way versus me touching 30 people who, you know, I don't know where it's going to go and I can't go as deep with them. And I think it's important for us to, like you said, human design's a great way. I uh, partnered with Sabine Kaiser, who's my uh, a face reading expert. And so we use that instead of, I used to use human design mm -hmm. prior to clients um, starting with me as the foundation, but now I use face, uh, face reading, both ancient and modern techniques. But, you know, find a way where you come together and match up or align with your purpose, because that's when we glow from the inside out, like you are glowing, Kavita. And, <laughs> and I, I, I think we're meeting a very different person than the woman who was working in the world of finance. Would, would you agree? Yes. Well, we wouldn't be having a conversation because you just wouldn't have met me at all. <laughs> I would have been like, we're like, hey, behind which door, behind which door? I can't find her. What do you mean she's busy? I need her. She's supposed to be live, you know? Yeah, that's so funny. Um, funny and sad. But for those who are in those positions, you know, today, we feel you and we understand it's not easy. But please know, I, I, I liken it to um, the Monopoly game. When I left that uh, 265 department store buying position, um, I felt like I passed go and collected $200. I mean, honestly, and I took a job that was way beneath my education just to tide me over. And it took three months. I remember 
walking with a girlfriend named Karen. And uh, we usually walk three miles when we got together and we walked and I said, today is the first day I feel like back then I was just Gina Meyer, um, wasn't married yet, but I was like, I actually feel like me because I had given up so many pieces of myself to be in that career, in that position, in that misery, you know, um, and there's no amount of money, not that I was making the money you did uh, in the fashion world. It's not as lucrative, um, but it's what I went to college for. So, you know, it, it was heartbreaking to leave, which I don't know, was it heartbreaking for you at the time or were you like, just get me out of here? You know, I think it's like I didn't know better. So mm -hmm. I, I just thought, well, maybe I'll come back in a different way or maybe I'll like, I just thought I'd come back to finance in some way or another. Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, you know, you always, everything I learned was about business, right? Yes. And, and that of course translated. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest things for me to learn and let go of was ego. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was just, there was definitely a period of time when people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I saw oils. <laughs> right? And it's, it's this, it, you know, and I, and I, I actually see it a lot with my friends who are stay home moms, which I think is a beautiful job to, right. you know, to dedicate yourself to your children and serve in that way. But I know that that that's another thing of ego of when you're at a party or, you know, it's the yeah. expectation sure. of what you feel like you need to be. And so I think for me, that was, it was more of a, Oh my God, what will I tell people I do? Exactly. Yeah, that's that is uh so yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And then I realized nobody cares what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we have all this thing like, oh, they're gonna think this and like, no, they're not thinking about you. Everyone's thinking about you, <laughs> you know. And so it was this beautiful, you know, realization, I think at around 40, where I was like, nobody's thinking about me. I can do whatever the yeah. hell I want. I can be whoever I want, right? However I want. Um no one, it, people just care about how you make them feel and the connection you have with them. Correct. Yeah. It's literally that easy. Yeah. And I, I think the right people, right? People. So the, the people who, who are wondering, what is she doing? Maybe those people who also had their toothbrush at their desk. If those weren't <laughs> the people that you really felt like you were probably going to remain connected with. And I think that, there comes a point in our life we ha have to realize our resources. I know a lot of people think it's just our money, but it's our time, energy, and money. Right. And how do we spend them? And I know I've had many conversations with my husband where he's like, you know, kind of a, a little appalled. And he's, and my husband is like, everybody loves Mark. You know, he can do no wrong. He's just a kind, gentle soul. And, um, but I'm like, you know, I want to invest my time and energy with people who I connect with and I can have a deep conversation and we can be nodding and laughing and saying, oh, yeah, I've done that. Oh, yeah, me too. Twice as twice as you know, big as you, you know, like spilling the coffee. Oh, yeah, done that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mine is tea. And it's yeah. usually a giant, you know, to go cup. But um you know, he would be like, but this person's lovely. And I'm, yeah, they are lovely, but I want to connect. I want depth. I want meaning. I want this. For me, there's richness. And I'm not talking about dollar signs or diamonds or but platinum and gold bars, you know, but this, this meaning, this significance. And that's what I think, uh, when I met you, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a fun conversation because you get it, you know, and no, you're on this same, same playing field. I hate so I'd love to bear conversations ahead. where it's just like, hey, how are you? But they don't even wait to hear. Right. <laughs> and they're on. <laughs> you care? Or they have their phone. Hey, how are you? And then next time hey, they're right, like, I'm, oh, like yeah. I'm dying. Okay. And I wait to see if they say anything. Like, how are you? I'm dying. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's so true. I mean, it is so true and funny, but that I can see that uh, that visual. You have me cracking up. I'll be laughing all afternoon. <laughs> but today, I'd love to pull a card from the opening to possibilities deck. So these were a passion project of mine for exactly what we're talking about, for people to connect on a deeper, richer level. And um, 
they have flowers on them. They're designed for women, but ironically, uh, a coach had them in her house, a life coach who I know who uses them with her clients, had them in her house and her son-in-law, who's a big basketball guy, took them and he said, let's play this. How do you play? And they had a great time connecting. So it was rather funny when she told me, I was like, oh, that, you know, I'm glad it worked because the intention was for men, women alike, but of course they're a little um, floral. So I'm glad he had no problem looking at the orange flower and going past it. So I will thumb through as best I can. And then if you can just uh, say when and I'll stop. As I'm trying not to, to drop them. When? <laughs> okay. Love, of course. So do everything in love, which I think you do. Um, the question is, three questions are, do you agree? What challenges can arise and how do you overcome them? What challenges can arise and how do I overcome them? Mm -hmm. I know you do everything in love because I, <laughs> I, I feel it through the camera. So I think challenges arise in the everyday with um, different emotions that we have, right? So it's mm -hmm. either the feeling of not good enough, the feeling of fear, mm -hmm. um, the feeling of, uh, I think it's always the, it's a feeling, right? That doesn't serve yeah. you. And that's mm -hmm. to me what the challenge is, because yeah. if my car breaks down, the challenge is not that my car broke down because I know what to do, the challenge <laughs> is that I'm feeling frustrated, right? <laughs> um, or I can't get my kid dressed for school. It's not, that's not actually, the challenge is how it makes me feel. So that's right. how I always take the challenge is how am I feeling? Um, and how I overcome it is I really do, and it's funny that it says love, I really do just come from a place of love. So I said, well, yeah. if I loved myself or I love my child, what is the response? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And I think when you do that, you take out a little bit of the rush. Yes. Um, because really, I think it's the lack of time that we always think that we're running against. So it's like, yes, I got a flat tire. Yes, that sucks. But what am I really upset about? So that I'm in a rush to go somewhere. Right. Right. And it, and so um, I think that and I really love Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has My Back. Mm -hmm. So A lot of times I'm like, oh, this happened because the universe has my back. Right. I mean, it's just, I like to keep, and I give all my, each of my clients a one minute uh, hourglass. Yeah. And I say like down dog, right? right? When we flip ourselves upside down, we, the room changes right. everything. And when we think about little kids on the monkey bars, I don't even know, is that politically correct? I don't know what they're called these days. <laughs> I think they are. Uh, ask, my kids are always on top of me. That's not politically correct. Okay, well, what is? So, but when they hang upside down on the jungle gym, maybe that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, they can change the way things look and we have oxygen mm -hmm. to our brain and so forth. And I think, you know, for me living here in sunny Southern California now, I always plan extra, I, well, in Charlotte too, plan extra time in my calendar to drive places especially here because everything's so new and beautiful and exciting to me from the mountains to the ocean. I can see both and at the same time right. and palm trees and red tile roofs, which is my, I think that was my purpose to be surrounded <laughs> by palm trees, sunshine, mountains, and ocean. Right. And um, it's, it's my, like your essential oils, it's equivalent. That energy is, is my um, prescription every day, but you're so right about time and how people get so uh, four letter word that I tell my children they're not allowed to use, which is B-U-S-Y. And uh, I said, you can curse, you can do other words, but busy, I do not want to hear because you can control that, you know, with what you're focusing on. What things can you give up that you don't need to do, you know? Of course, that's hard conversation with a 21 year old in his senior year as a double major at USC. But, you know, there are, he well, knows, I always check in. I just had with my 13 year old son. So I think it's, you know. <laughs> but I always check in and say, are you doing something fun? I knew you were going to ask that. So, yes, they're um, going here. Okay, good. Because it's wonderful that you're studying and, and challenging yourself the way you do. But I always want to make sure that three letter word fun, you know, where you're connecting either with yourself, 
you know, he loves to bike to the beach in Santa Monica, sometimes with a friend, sometimes by himself. But, you know, are you doing some nice things where you're really filling yourself up like you were talking about giving back, being of service, being in purpose? And so, Kavita, it's been so delightful to ha have you here with me today and sharing just so um, transparently and candidly and vulner being vulnerable your journey. Um, I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, the name of your website. And I believe that you have a special offer for everyone today um, of 30% off. So I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Um... So the website is K Sahai, so it's S A H A I, and we have essential oils and custom face oils, and you can take your human design quiz on the website as well. And you can use Gina thirty to get thirty percent off uh, all of it, the whole site. So I really invite you to have a look, see if connecting to nature and some of the self care um, activities we have that go with it really help you. Wonderful. And human design is a lot of fun. I would highly encourage you to take the quiz. Um, you'll learn, you know, I think sometimes we, like I said earlier, give up pieces of ourselves, whether in our marriage, with our kids, in our career, all of the above. Um, and human design is lovely because it brings us back to our truths, our heartfelt desires and, and our purpose. So, uh, thank you for that. And for those of you who are wondering what your X factor is, I'd love to invite you to Purpose, Possibilities, and Prosecco, a private two-hour transformation like no other. And that information, along with Kavita's information, along with her discount, will be here in the show notes. Kavita, thank you again. You're such a bright, shiny soul. It's delightful to meet you in this format and have a... a, a how would I say, a deep conversation and fulfilling conversation with you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. Till next time, be exquisite.